Do you have a specific list of marketing objectives at your company? Well, if not, you will after watching this week's show. Today we have some specific marketing content from EGIA's own Mr. Drew Cameron, who happens to be a marketing expert. Drew's going to talk about having specific marketing goals, strategies, and being the trusted authority in your market. If you're an EGI member, make sure you're utilizing the monthly marketing sessions with Drew. Now, Drew will help you get your marketing up and running and make sure you're doing all the right things in every single season of the year. Let's go now to Mr. Drew Cameron. Welcome to EJA Contractor University. I am Drew Cameron and I am going to be hosting your Marketing Mastermind 360 Foundational Training. And today we are going to talk about marketing objectives. So let's get started. Marketing objectives, these are the foundations for what we need to understand in order to participate in the Marketing Mastermind. Because in the Marketing Mastermind 360 classes that we do on a monthly basis, we give you marching orders for 90 days out. And those those marching orders are going to tell you specifically what you need to do for each department and in each media segment within your company. But you need this foundational training and understanding the marketing objectives to understand what we're trying to accomplish on the monthly plans. So let's go ahead and get started on the mar monthly marketing objectives. So the goal is to move from the unknown to awareness, to interest, to preference, to conversion, to ambassadors for life. Meaning, with our marketing and advertising, we're trying to reach out to people, in many cases, who don't know us, or maybe know something about us, or know, know us for one thing and maybe not another. For example, they may know you for HVAC uh, and not know you for plumbing, or vice versa. And so what we're trying to do is, like I say, move that prospect, that or that, even that customer, from an unknown to an awareness, to an interest, to pre preference, to conversion, to becoming an ambassador for life, somebody who actively promotes you. And so when we take a look at the goal, that is the goal. What is the objective? As you can see on this slide, the objective is to supplement our internal and operational strategies and tactics to fill the capacity and grow our company. You have internal marketing. You also have external marketing, which is what we're talking about. And then you have operational uh, marketing as well. And operational includes uh, acquisitions. And so that's that, that strategy. Your internal marketing is the marketing in which you're getting your people trained, the uniforms that they wear, how they show up, the, uh, the tools that they might be using uh, on the job. So that's your internal marketing. Your operational marketing is your processes, your procedures, and how you interface with the customer. Your external marketing is what you broadcast to the world. And again, to your customers as well as to the general public. So how does marketing advertising come into play? Well. Looking at this slide, advertising creates awareness, marketing creates interest, sales and operations create revenues as well as customers, and then your people, your processes, and customer experiences create happy customers, reviews, referrals, and ambassadors. And so from that integration, we can see where marketing is in play. And, and when we talk about marketing, I'm including the advertising piece of that as well. Right, because we're going to talk about objectives here today, and then we'll get into uh, uh, budget profiles, as well as climate zones in a couple other foundational videos that we'll uh, put forth. All right, so let's take a look at the strategy. Customers want your expertise 
or your authority, right? Your knowledge and expertise as the authority to guide them to make a good decision. They want the ease of doing business with you. They don't want it to be hard to do business with you. And then they want the trust. They want to know that they can trust you, to trust the value proposition, trust the people that you're sending into the home. And then they want some assurances, some assurances that if something isn't right, doesn't go well, that someone's going to back it up. At the end of the day, really what they're looking for is they're looking for certainty. And certainty is the new currency. Customers who feel very certain in the individual and the company are going to spend money with that company and stay with that company. So we need to find a way to create certainty within our customers. Well, how do we do that? We go ahead and we approach what I call the trusted authority strategy. It's a ladder that we have to climb. Now, we have to climb it with the general public, meaning people who don't know us, people who've never used us before, what I call prospects and suspects. But in many cases, we should never take for granted our own customers. Our customers are the ones who have used us, but that doesn't mean that they're our clients. Clients are the ones who use us regularly. They are the repeat customers. And then the highest level of engagement is getting an ambassador, right? But it starts somewhere. So where does it start? Well, number one, the objective in this strategy is to create mutually beneficial results and happiness for both the customer as well as for the company. Right, because we can't just always be thinking that we're, do we're doing something for others. When we give ourselves away with nothing for ourselves, then we become depleted. So we want to make sure that this is mutually serving uh, the customer as well as it is us. So let's go ahead and break this down piece by piece on this slide. Number one, you start out as an anonymous entity in many cases to a prospect or a suspect. Obviously customers, uh, who have used you before, they might be aware of you, so they're going to be higher on this ladder. But let's go ahead and take a look at this from the base level, people who do not know us. They, we start out as an anonymous entity. Why? Because they're ignorant to us. They don't know us. We're an unknown entity to them. So at some point in, the, in their buying process, and this holds true for all products and services, and my belief is the more expensive the product or service, the slower the process that they, uh, that they execute in kind of figuring out who they're going to consider to do business with. Because that's the progression that we're talking about here. You know, maybe I didn't have a need for heating and cooling before. I have no relationships with anybody. Maybe I moved into the town and I'm new to the town, right? So I am going to go ahead and start from scratch. Now, different people might do it differently, but you know, if they don't know anybody, some people might go Google somebody. Some people might go ahead and talk to a friend or a neighbor. Some people might turn on the television uh, or pick up the newspaper. All kinds of ways that, you know, uh, consumers can go ahead and find the products and services that they want. But in all cases, a vendor and maybe, maybe all vendors start out as an anonymous entity because they are ignorant to you. They don't know that you exist. They don't know that what you do. And they may have come across seeing your trucks, they may have driven past your buildings, seen your radio, uh, your uh, television commercials, your radio, com uh, heard your radio commercials, uh, your, your streaming uh, commercials, all kinds of things, driven past billboards, everything. They may have seen it all, and it just didn't register. Or at least they're not associating it at this moment in time. So again, let's go ahead and take a look at this. You start out as an anonymous, anonymous, anonymous entity because they are ignorant to you. And then they start doing a little bit of research. Wherever that research begins, they come across your company name. You are now, now a known resource, right? Because they know your name, they see the services and products that you offer, and so they're aware of you. 
And once they have awareness, then you might, you know, and they read about you, maybe they read some uh, blogs, maybe they read some reviews. They go ahead and they search uh, some pages on your, on your website. They go and talk to maybe some people that they think may have used you, or maybe they have seen your trucks now all of a sudden, and they've made that association, if you will. And so as, uh, as a, at that point, you become a worthy consideration because they're talking to people and they're finding out about you and they're saying, okay, this company, these products and services that this company offers, what I hear about the people seems like it resonates with me. And so you are worthy of consideration at that point because they've done a little bit of research. Maybe they got gone out on social media as well. But somehow, some way, you are now worthy of consideration because they have vetted you a little bit. And they're intrigued to say, hey, I want to hear what this company has to say. Now this, again, can be for service, it can be for maintenance, indoor air quality, uh, electrical services, plumbing, whatever it is that you all do as a contractor. Once, I'm in, once a customer is intrigued by you, okay, that's where the breaking point is. Now I'll come back to that uh, a little bit later and tie that into sales and marketing. Because what you come to realize at this point is this just got you basically a phone call. Right? You're worthy of consideration, so I called the company and I scheduled an appointment, sales appointment, service, maintenance appointment, something of that nature, and I'm now going to get somebody who's going to come to my house. So I'm going to take this into your operational aspect of the business as well. At this point, if you sent a technician who has a uniform with the tools, training, and technology, shows up in the vehicle, you know, walks in, uh, you know, and introduces themselves to the customer, and customer sees that they have that pedigree. Maybe they've introduced themselves and even told a little bit of the background. Maybe you sent a bio uh, in an email confirmation to the customer, and they have the certifications and credentials of the person that you're sending to the house. And so that person, other than a salesperson, is in the customer's mind much like a dentist or a doctor. They are considered a trusted authority somebody that the customer believes that they can and should trust because they have the tools, training, and technology, and they're wearing the uniform, right? And so a technician enters the house having trusted authority status already. Now, the technician, you know, the customer could be still, still somewhat suspect, and the technician can burn that trust at any given point, but he, he or she does have that, that credential of trusted authority walking into the house. Now, why do I call this the trusted authority approach? Because again, the role of marketing and advertising was to get someone to the house, right? That's where the magic happens for the company, as well as for the customer. But the trusted authority is the foundation piece of that. That's where the, why that breaking point is there. Before that is sales and marketing. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. But the customer now sees the technician as a trusted authority and they're interested to see what this technician is going to say. If it's a salesperson going to the door, they have not maybe earned that right as of yet, being the trusted authority. They may have to work a little bit longer and a little bit harder to become a trusted authority to where the customer is interested. Many of you salespeople that are uh, you know, listening to this or those of you that are in sales that might be in management and marketing now, realize what happens is sometimes you get into the house and the customer talks to you and then some, something triggers them and turns them off. You've probably heard that they've, they've called other companies out and just categorically dismissed them out of the gate, right? So they maybe had trusted authority going in the door, did something, burned the trust and the customer is no longer interested. So once we move from interest though, we move to trusted advisor. 
So that's a weeding out, especially in the sales process. See, technicians, because the customer also has skin in the game, right? They've paid a diagnostic fee in many cases, or they know they're committed to paying a diagnostic fee, or they know they're committed to paying a, you know, for a tune-up, at the very least, um, they have skin in the game. And with a salesperson, in most cases, they don't, right? Because we don't charge to give quota, uh, quotations to customers for installation work and uh, indoor air quality services, in most cases. So technicians and salespeople are earning the right to become the trusted advisor, meaning of all the people the customer called, okay, they get whittled down to one or two people that the customer will listen to that advice. They're going to at least listen to it, and then they're going to decide to take somebody's advice. But again, that's a weeding out process. In service and maintenance, that typically doesn't happen, but in sales, it does. And so they may have had five people come out to make it from, uh, so those are five trusted authorities coming in the door, only two of them make it to trusted advisor, right? Now they're kind of compare and contrast these two, right? Because they have a desire to work with one of them who becomes the trusted provider, right? So the technician walking in the door, in essence, is already trusted authority. It's a matter of protocol and process, if you really think about it, that you know, once the technician shares findings and options with the customer, becomes the trusted advisor in many cases. However, you have found out on many cases that a technician maybe did not become that trusted advisor, and therefore you did not become the trusted provider. Why? You were the trusted, uh, trusted authority going in the door, they got the diagnostic fee, right? They got the advice, but they decided not to take the prescription, right? The diagnosis came through, um, and you, they paid for the diagnosis at $89 or $59, whatever your diagnostic fee is, but they chose not to go forward. And so you have a diagnostic fee only ticket, or you have a $0 ticket because they didn't take the recommendations in that case. So consider that as a technician that you don't have trusted provider status when you walk in the door, you have trusted authority status. And you don't even have trusted advisor status, but you do have trusted authority. Salespeople may not have trusted authority status going in the door, they have to earn it, then they earn the right to be the trusted advisor, and when they're, once they're one of the tr trusted advisors, hopefully they do a good enough job to where we become the trusted provider, right? We're gonna do the work because the customer and the salesperson have a connection, and the customer has a connection to the solution, and a customer has a connection now to the company, and they decide to take action because they're feeling something and they wanna feel what you promised them, right? That's the brand promise, if you will. What will the impact or experience be that I get for buying the things that I buy, right? I, I get the things that I buy, I want the impact and the experience and the emotion from that purchase. And that only comes from somebody who does the work as the trusted provider, right? So we now have the work, right? We're doing service work, we're doing maintenance work, we're doing indoor air quality work, we're doing electrical plumbing, maybe HVAC installations as well, right? As a provider. The next level of engagement is trusted partner, right? This is the person who does business with you on a recurring basis because you've made an impression, you've made an impact, and it's one that they like. They feel comfortable paying your prices, they like your people, they like your processes, and they like the results that they get. And they say, I will stick with you. You will be my provider. You will be the company that does my work. And I will make a commitment to you. Sometimes that comes through a purchase and obviously has a warranty associated with it. And so they're locked into you. But what we're really talking about is the maintenance agreement, right? That is, the, that is what most contractors are optimizing for, is to get service agreement customers. And that's important. 
because that is the lifeblood and, uh, and, and sustainability of a company to allow it to grow and scale and stay healthy. But it's not the highest level of engagement. The highest level of engagement is what we optimize for. That's what we really desire. That's what we really want. And if we begin with this end in mind, we will build a process and framework within our company and set of procedures and get the right people on the team that deliver what we call trusted emissaries, ambassadors, evangelists. The promoter on the mountain, right, who is, has the megaphone and is singing your praises. See, a trusted partner will typically refer you when asked. They will give you a referral when asked. They will say nice things about you. They may even give you a good review. But an ambassador, an evangelist, they don't wait to be asked. They go out on social media and plug you. They tell you know, their friends, neighbors, and relatives, and everybody that they can you know, connect with all about the experience that they have with your company because it is that impactful in their life. That is the highest level of engagement. And if you think about it, that's what Disney has optimized for. In fact, Walt Disney, I think it was in 1947 when he came up with the idea for building Disneyland out in California, had an idea and he went to his, his design team, uh, his Imagineers, you know, as they call them, and he said, I have this idea for a theme park. And he, and he said, but we can build this thing, but if we satisfy every guest, surely we will fail. What we must do is satisfy them enough so they go back and tell others and they return and bring them with them. And if we do that, we might just make it. See, he didn't optimize for getting a transaction, getting a, someone to, to buy a ticket to an event or a movie or a book or anything that Disney had and has. He said, I just want you to keep coming back and I want you to tell everybody. It's not about your happiness, it's that you're so happy that you have to tell others. And so that's the objective when we start with our marketing, is to put out a brand message, a brand promise that no one else has, that's unique to our company, that differentiates us, that makes us stand out and not fit in, so that by the end of the day, when we actually connect, and our people go out and associate with them and do the work, that they will happily refer us to others. They will sing our praises. And that is the objective of all of our marketing and advertising and everything that we do in our business. And so if you think about it, everything that you do in your business is some form of marketing. Keeping that in mind as we go forward into marketing masterminds will guide you through your placement of marketing advertising with the external marketing advertising that we're talking about. So until next time, if you have any questions, I want you to feel free to reach out to me. I'm gonna give you my contact information in a minute, but I do wanna highlight two more points on this slide. Like I said, below the line is where marketing and advertising kicks in. Sales, service, operations is what happens above the line. So make sure when you take this into consideration, you're breaking this apart in your company and realizing how you have to apply yourself within your organization. So until next time, if you have any questions, please feel free. Call me, text me, email me. You are the nature of what it is that I do, and I'm here to help you and guide you along the way. Awesome content right there from one of my mentors and my good friend, Mr. Drew Cameron. Now, if you want more content like this delivered to your inbox every Monday, just fill out the form to the right of this video and you'll see it every week, right? That's how it works. We'll see you next week, my friends, on Cracking the Code. Until then, bye-bye for now.